Well, my name is Parker Johnson, and I'm the pastor here at First Presbyterian Church in Bruton, Alabama. You're listening to our midweek devotional. Today is April 29th, 2020. If you're listening to this and you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come and check us out. We have drive-in services every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. in the church parking lot. We're located at 336 Belleville Avenue in downtown Bruton. You can find out more about us at our website, fpcbruton.org. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, as we look around us and see so much of life upended, so much uncertainty, uh, when and if things will open soon, Lord, we trust, and Lord, we ask that you would cause us to trust all the more in your sovereign grace, your mercy, your providence, and your provision, and your directing of all things. Calls us to be thankful for the many things that we've, we have in Christ Jesus. Um, Lord, as we consider several proverbs today, we do ask that you would use your word by your spirit to God and direct our steps. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, yesterday I listened to the governor with her latest update, and I'd like to say a couple things. One, I think Governor Kay Ivey is doing a great job. I cannot imagine being in her position in this season and having so many different voices coming at me from so many different interests between the economy and health interests. Um, I'm thankful that she's there I do encourage you to pray for her and for those who are counseling her. But, you know, as she was speaking, I must admit that I'd hoped for more to open more quickly. Now, I'm not using any reason or logic in that hoping because I think she's made the right decisions with the information that we have. But it did show in my own heart how much of a yearning there is for a return to normal. Um, for this season to go away. But I, I'm driven to the question, what is normal? What is normal? And that's the concept I'd like us to consider this morning. You know, this idea of normal is really an elusive concept. If you had to describe or to define the word normal, how would you define it? See, the issue of the idea of normal is that it's been affected by the fall, our sinful desires, a sinful society, the world, the flesh, the devil. If you think about when God made this world, what was normal, what was right, what was true, it was that he made man and woman in his own image to live in perfect relationship with him in the garden, to have dominion over the earth, to be fruitful and to multiply. And then something very unnormal came in, abnormal came in, and that was sin through the temptation of the serpent who is Satan. And everything came crashing down. There was something that was abnormal in that tree. There was something abnormal caused or tempting Eve and then Adam to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so what became what we would call normal, or what properly really ought to be common, right? The situation on the ground was something that was so different than what God had created to be normal. Really what we call normal today 
we really ought to play, say it's commonplace. What others do, what we do, what seems to be the societal uh, practice, perhaps. At its base, the word normal means conforming to a type, rule, or standard. Conforming to a type, rule, or standard. And so we have to think as Christians, what standard are we going to use to define what is normal? Truly, as Christians, and not just as Christians, this is God's world. He has created it. The, the true definition of what is normal, the only standard for life and for godliness, what we believe and what we do, is God's revealed word. God describes what is normal, what is right and righteous in his word. And so we must say that there was much in our lives before the coronavirus that was not normal according to God's standard, according to or um, conforming to his rule, his standard. There was much about our lives before that was not right compared to God's law. And so we have to be careful when we say we are yearning for a return to normal. Is that meant to be our goal? Instead, our goal really ought to be to return or to live in godliness, whatever our situation is. It is God's normal standard. It is normal or right or righteous for God's people to seek Him, to pursue Him, to love God and neighbor, no matter what life looks like. Now we can use this idea of returning to normal in another way, and and I don't want to be overly pious here that the idea that we can't use that phrase to think about restaurants opening and people being able to get back to work. I understand those things. But we have the opportunity as, as Christians to take an opportunity and reconsider what in our lives is normal, that is conforms to God's standards, and those things that need to be reevaluated, reevaluated. Did we, before coronavirus, have mixed up priorities? Were we too busy that we didn't have time for God and family? I don't know what it is for you. I've been thinking this morning uh, as I've been writing this lesson, you know, what is it in my life that needs to be reevaluated? My dad. Uh, sent me an article last week from a website run by a ministry called The Navigators. And there was this great paragraph in there. And it it says this, "I, I don't believe God wants us to return to where we previously were. It would be uncharacteristic of God to not use a major, global, disorienting disruption to get our attention and to reorient our affections. Let me say that. Say that again. I don't believe God wants us to return to where we previously were. It would be uncharacteristic of God to not use a major, global, disorienting disruption to get our attention and to reorient our affections. One of my prayers personally and for our congregation has been that we would learn our lessons well in this season. That whatever God is trying to teach us, and it may be different for every person, He may be using this in your way and in your life that is unique and peculiar to you rather than to other lives. But I think as, as a church, as God's people, 
I think there are lessons we need to learn together. We have a unique opportunity to take stock of our lives and to be intentional about which parts we restart. What areas of your life do you need to take stock of? I want to explore several Proverbs uh, that deal with this uh, in our brief time together. The first is Proverbs 18, 17, which says, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Surely you've experienced the truth of this proverb when you've listened to a friend present the facts of, or an argument uh, or their position. And you say, yeah, I think that's right. And then someone else comes in and says, yeah, but, but have you considered this? Have you looked at it from this perspective? And suddenly you see that what you thought was right really was not right in the first place. Let me read that proverb again now that we've talked about it. It says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. I think this cautions us to have humility as we make decisions to consider it from different perspectives. But as we think of this proverb in, in, in the terms and the sense of our current situation, the first line, the one who states his case first seems right, I think that really can apply to our lives before this mess came up. It seemed right at the time. But now, but now, as many of those things have been taken away from us and stripped away from us involuntarily in most cases, really, uh, I think, ties in with the second line, until the other comes and examines him. We have the opportunity now to reconsider and to examine from a different perspective our lives before the coronavirus. You know, this is picked up in Proverbs eleven fourteen, which says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. In many ways, this season gives us an opportunity to listen to counselors, to look at things from a different perspective, so there might be safety, godliness in our lives. That we might seek guidance, even from our brothers and sisters in Christ. We might invite them into our lives and say, hey, you knew me before all this went on. Was there anything in there that I need to change, I need to refocus on? Proverbs fourteen fifteen says, um, let me find it. The simple-minded believes everything, but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. The simple-minded believes everything. But the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. You know, certainly I think in many ways we can act simple-mindedly as we just go through life because that's what other people are doing. That's what the kids' friends are doing. That's what our friends are doing. Or that's what people are putting on television. So really it must be okay to, to watch that. Or others are saying our lives after school or the summertime or our finances or our budget or what kind of car we drive or how we spend our money or how we allot our time or how we lead our wives or lead our children, that, that we ought to just do those things. But so often we're simple-minded in that we just accept what is put on us by our society. But the prudent which means to use wisdom, to use wise judgment in making decisions. But the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. I encourage you to give thoughts to your steps as you think through 
restarting the economy of your, of your home, of your lives. So what's the standard? I guess this is one of the overarching questions of this lesson is, what's the standard? What's the standard by which we will decide what is normal and what is right and what ought to be uh, started back? Well, we have to have a standard. We will have a standard. We do have a standard, whether we know it or not. And the question is, is it an external standard, that is God's Word, or is it an internal standard, that which we feel, our emotions, our own desires, and oftentimes those things uh, can be twisted by the fall. In 1866, uh, after a study, there was decided that there was needed a public display of what legally was a yard, an inch, a foot, and other measurements, including time, in Greenwich, England. And so, in order to standardize things across industries, across homes, across the markets, there was put a plaque with a bar that was exactly one yard long, one exactly two feet long, exactly one foot long, exactly one inch long, and other smaller measurements. So that if someone said, hey, this is a, a yard of cordage, you could go up and hold it up next to it and say yes or no. Yes, this is a yard of cordage, or no, this is short. There was a public standard by which all other yardsticks and rulers were rendered correct or faulty by it. What is our standard? What is it the thing against which we hold our thoughts, our motives, our priorities, our activities, and decide, hey, is this right, wrong, or otherwise? What is that? Well, it is ultimately God's Word. It is God's Word against which we should hold our lives, which means we need to know God's Word, right? That, that assumes that we know what God's Word says. How do we get wisdom? How do we get knowledge? How do we decide what is right and wrong as we reevaluate things? Well, Proverbs 10.10 10 helps us. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the, whole, of the Holy One is insight. You know, if we say we desire to have wisdom, if we say we desire to, to do what is right in our lives, it means that we should pursue Jesus. It means that we have to know about the Lord, be in a relationship with the Lord, and pursue Him daily. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generally to, generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. I think what this practically looks like can be found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. There's a great couple of verses for memorization. That's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Fundamentally, I think we can break this, these couple of verses down to a few elements. The first is that we are not to lean on, to depend on, to operate on the basis of our own understanding of our life or our culture or our practices 
or our views in life or our appetites, the desires that we have. Why? Because so often they're like that crooked yardstick that fails when compared and contrasted to the standard yardstick in Greenwich Village. Or like looking with glasses with the wrong prescription. You know, things may look okay to us, but in reality, in reality, it, it, it's not right. I remember Christy, I think it's one of her sisters, she was telling me the story that before she had glasses, she didn't realize that there was writing on buildings. And she got glasses, and, and she said, hey, look, Mom, there's, there's writing on that building. Well, it was some huge advertisement, like a billboard-size advertisement with large letters. Well, she thought she saw correctly, and she didn't even realize that there were letters on the side of that building. But once she had the proper glasses, she could see and she could read. And so we cannot depend on our own understanding because our desires, even if we are believers in Christ, so often our desires and our judgments aren't straight, but instead crooked and affected by the fall. So we shouldn't depend on our own understanding. Instead, we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And the Bible uses that phrase or that word heart. It's not just talking about you know, the cardiovascular system that sits in the left side of your chest. It's talking about who, who you are. Body, soul, spirit, everything about you. The very definition of who you are. Trust in the Lord with everything that you have. Resting in Him. Studying Him. Pursuing Him. As we don't lean on our own understanding, but instead lean upon Him. So how do we lean upon Him? How do we do that? Well, it means spending time with God. We cannot say we are pursuing God's wisdom and direction for our lives if we're not pursuing God in His Word and the sacraments and prayer and the fellowship of the saints, even though that looks a little different right now. This is really brought up in the second part of that Proverbs 3 passage. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Don't you need that right now? I know I do. I know I need God to make straight my paths. It's hard to know what to do. Every day brings new challenges. Uh, Every press conference that the governor gives, as good as they are, changes all of the facts on the ground. But, But do they really? Because we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we pursue Him, He will give us wisdom of how to live our lives. We have to pursue Him because His wisdom and our wisdom are two different things. We are shown this especially in the opening chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the word of the cross is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The world says the idea that God would come and take on flesh and die on a cross for our sins, paying the ultimate penalty for our sins, that we might be brought to glory, being raised on the third day for our justification, that that seems like foolishness. But don't you know it is sweet wisdom to God and it is sweet wisdom to believers in Christ. 
He continues on in verse 21. says, For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Isn't it amazing how God uses the preached and read word to bring to salvation those who are spiritually dead? That's what it takes. And again in verses 23 to 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So my friends, as we consider how to get things started back up, let us pursue the Lord, leaning not on our own understanding of the situation, but instead trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, acknowledging Him in all of our ways, and He will make straight our paths. Let's pray. So Father, we do pray for wisdom, for a spirit of wisdom, that you would help us as we reevaluate things. Help us to know, Lord, as we get restarted, um, what to pursue, how to pursue it, which priorities we are to have in our lives. We trust you in the name of Jesus. Amen.